Smart Firefighting World. Welcome back. Kevin Sofin here at the Paladin Drones booth with Divi Shravastava. Divi, what's going on, man? Uh, nothing much, man. Just chilling out. Thanks for inviting me on this podcast. Yeah, it's good to see you sitting. You've been running around hustling all day. Just a little bit. Had a couple of printing issues, but, you know, we're, we're chilling now. We're here, alive and well, and now talking drones. Talking drones. So not just buying a drone or, or just, you know, anyone could go online and buy a drone and you see all these news cases. Um, what are you doing with drones that's different and is, is bringing something new to the first responder industry? Yeah, man. So we're Paladin Drones and we're deploying autonomous drones to 911 calls. We've built proprietary software that lets first responders, whether it's fire, EMS, police, get a live overhead view of a scene before they arrive. The way this works is we hook in directly with the city's CAD and dispatch system. So when there's a 911 call with a specific call type, for example, a fire alarm, um, search and rescue, maybe a car accident, on those calls, that data is sent to our software, which sends it to our drone, and the drone takes off immediately. It flies to the scene. It starts doing a 360, and it's streaming a live video of exactly what's happening back to the first responders. So they can get an eyes on, usually within 30 to 90 seconds with our drones. For the example of a car accident, instead of searching along a freeway, trying to find this incident through our drone, we actually are running some pretty sophisticated computer vision that can tell you, hey, this is where the holdup is, and this is where the car crash likely is, because chances are the initial address just wasn't correct. And, and so it's something now where if someone has a drone and a fire department has a program, they hear a call happens and then they need to figure out where it is and then send their guy out and actually fly it and that there's a whole time and, and sort of manpower issue there. Right. Um, how is it now that with, with your solution where you're taking what they were already doing if they have a drone program but now making it better, more efficient? Exactly. So it is a significant resource to be training all these pilots and probably maintaining multiple drones because again, like you said, you take the drone out once you arrive on scene. And maybe that's a shared resource, but now you're getting information after the fact. What we like to do is we come in, we can take existing hardware from fire departments that already have drone programs, but now through our autonomous software, we can make this a 24 seven service. Instead of maybe only having the drone online when certain pilots are available, the drone's always online. And now you don't have to rely on a pilot. You know, we are working through the FAA right now to get specific certifications um, within the COA to do this program. We have our own pilot that's always on duty 24-7, maintaining visual line of sight, keeping that, um, keep making sure everything's running safely. And, you know, that way, as far as firefighters are concerned or policemen are concerned, they just open our app when an emergency happens and there's that live video feed. They don't have to think so about that it. live video is is being streamed back to them, and so they have a full access and control of the vi the video content during the scene and then after the scene. Yep, they have full control over it. That video isn't shared with anybody else, and we work with whatever the local regulations are for video capture. You know, if it's part of an ongoing investigation, um, maybe it falls under the Public Records Act, maybe it doesn't. You know, we're not here to determine that. We're here to comply with their policies and whatever policies have been set up within these departments. And if there aren't policies set up, well, we have templates for all that based off of all the different departments we're working with. And how are we dealing with the whole issue of the fact that, I know there's the line of sight discussion, but even more so with the, the fact that these drones can only fly so far 
Right. Uh, how does that work based on where your equipment's stored and then where the drone can be deployed and, and still work within whatever geography they're in? Definitely. So this is kind of twofold. First of all, drones, like you said, have a limited range. You know, if you're using it in a city, you'd be lucky to get it half a mile, maybe a mile from any center point, which makes them pretty useless in terms of using them as first response units. Um, so we've built proprietary radio technology that ensures that even in a busy city, um, such as Berkeley or San Jose, where there's LTE signals, everything, will always have connectivity with the drone, three miles away, five miles away, six miles away. And the other part of that is the BVLOS. You know, this technology is great, but it's useless without those waivers. So we're working with the FAA right now, thanks to these IPP programs that have finished and started creating this pathway to get BVLOS. We're taking exactly what they did out in San Diego, um, out in Arizona, and applying it to the rest of America. So once we get into a department, once we have our initial contracts worked out, we work through the FAA. Um, we work with partners such as Skyfire, such as uh, you guys, and we help get these departments certified and get that BVLOS waiver. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're in all these different departments and we're gathering this data in terms of safe, um, safe flights. So we can go through the FAA and we tell them, listen, within your current parameters, within the waivers that you have given us for this specific department, we've had a thousand successful missions. Nothing has gone wrong. If something, maybe a helicopter came over, here's what the procedures were. Everything was followed to a T. Let's take this to the next level. We have proven that we have a safe system. Let's see how we can get that BVLOS waiver too. That's amazing. And so use cases, you alluded to a few of them, but where is it being used now and, and sort of where is the next sort of integration uh, for your company? Yeah, so we're in Texas, Ohio, and Minnesota. Um, specifically in Texas, we're working in a suburb of Houston called Memorial Villages. We work with their police department over there and we've had a great um, basically pilot program and now we're going over to you know a full year-long program. But during the pilot, we were sending the drone out to burglar alarms where we were actually able to prove when the drone is there, instead of maybe sending two units, you only need to send one. Um, and that way you have more units back on active duty. Um, and we sent them to highway incidents, car crashes. There's a really um, one that sticks out. Somebody called in saying, hey, there's a um, white SUV overturned on the highway at this exit. So we sent the drone over. We couldn't see anything, but we started scanning because chances are it's the wrong location. So we don't find a white SUV. We find like a black sedan. Um, and it's not turned over, but it's, you know, something's definitely wrong. It's standing still. And through the video feed, you can tell that there's oil leaking. There's gas leaking from it. So that information was sent back to the dispatchers and they could immediately know this is where the location is. They redirected their units. Um, you know, EMS units, the uh, the actual police, and that was through our drone system. Who knows what could have happened if we weren't able to locate that car that fast? You know, Houston's hot. What would have happened to the fuel? We don't know. But it was a preventative measure, and those stories are what keep us going, you know. And now out here, we're in Ohio starting a program with suburb of Columbus um, with their fire department. Similar cases, you know, we're sending it to fire alarms. We can scope out, get a 360. Specifically, this is a commercial area. So they have large warehouses where it would take a long time to get a 360, you know, on foot with engines and with trucks. Um, the drone does it immediately. It's the first thing it does. We send it out to car crashes. We can send it out to water rescue. We have specific search and rescue modes. And the drone comes equipped with our FLIR camera. 
So search and rescue, you know, it becomes that much easier to locate a missing person. Absolutely love it, man. So you're really just continuing to find ways to maximize the value that can be extracted out of these drones, not only through just the fact that you have a video camera, but through the extension of the radio frequency to the accessibility of the content, the video, to just eliminating the time to be able to get that really situational awareness pertinent content. Definitely, yeah. Um, and that's what we're all about, you know? Like, we're here to make sure that there are responsible uses of drones because there have been too many incidences where you know pilots flying recreationally will get in the way of a fire because a helicopter can't get in now um, and that really hurts you know that hurts their operation and it hurts the drone industry as a whole we're trying to be one of the companies that's saying listen this is the proper way to do these things here's a proper way to share our airspace here's a responsible way to do it and this way we can keep everybody safe and make sure we're getting value out of the program. Love it. Dude, responsible drone operators. That's there what I'm talking go. about. <laughs> uh, so if people want to get in touch with you or uh, check out your company, how should they do that? Well, uh, send us an email, team at paladindrones.io. That's P-A-L-A-D-I-N drones.io. Um, I'm always on my phone. I'm, am I a millennial? I think I'm a millennial. You're so, a millennial. Yeah, I can't get rid of my phone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so so on that, what is your favorite app? My favorite app? Man, right now? Audible. Audible. Yeah. I love it. Why? It's so I was a bookworm um like in elementary school, but now you know, I just don't have as much time to be reading, but I've been like kind of reconnecting with my childhood because all these books that I used to read like, you know, other CEOs are out here reading, like, nah, biographies and stuff, which I think is great. But for me, when I relax, I'll just pop in, like, what am I listening to right now? Pendragon. It's a story about uh, basically um, a guy who travels from, like, planet to planet trying to save the entire thing. Dude, I want to hang out with Pendragon. Yeah. Nice, man. All right. Well, Divi, thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Point. Smart firefighting world, you've probably heard me say this a few times before. Buying a drone is easy, but actually adopting a drone and getting value out of the drone program is difficult. There are so many things that go into the whole drone discussion in terms of FAA regulation, proper training of pilots, uh, having the right equipment, what software you're using to stream the data back. Um, what Paladin Drones gives us is something to enable 24-7, 365 service delivery of your drone with the ability to relay that content back via their software and the ability to then have this seamless deployment of your hardware, your software, and as you saw with what Debbie communicated on some of these applications in Houston and Ohio where sometimes these departments are strapped for resources and manpower, but now Paladin Drone allows them to have a force multiplier to be able to utilize their drones all the time and not be restricted by the fact that they may or may not have a pilot on hand. Really unique software. Divi is one of the bright minds within the drone space. Definitely re recommend you check out their podcast and learn more, uh, their website, and um, reach out and check more out at smartfirefighting.com. Until next time.